This is the Truth Hurts Program. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Throwing down that, that, that Christmas cheer for all to hear. Yes. The Truth Hurts Program. Well, ho, 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 and Merry Christmas. The 13th day of December. It is Tuesday. It is my middle child's birthday today. Happy birthday, Chris. This is the Truth Hurts Program, and my name is Steve Z. I host this little excursion daily, as often as possible, sometimes multiple times per day. 30 minutes of the truth that you need to know, you need to hear, and you need to experience. And sometimes, unfortunately, that truth hurts. We have got a whole lot to talk about in the headlines this morning. I'm just going to go round robin quickly through them, and I might have to stop for a little commentary. Jack McAvoy writes in the Daily Caller, Biden administration moves to fund foreign mining projects after blocking domestic mines here in the United States. They may fund, with your tax dollars, 12 critical mineral mining projects in foreign countries to advance their domestic climate agenda despite continuously impeding domestic mining ventures here in the U.S., according to Axios. Undersecretary for State Economic Growth, Energy, and the Environment, Jose Fernandez, told Axios that the government is considering funding about a dozen overseas mining, mineral processing, and recycling projects as gropey Joe Biden looks to secure more critical materials needed to manufacture green energy technologies. However, the Biden administration has previously worked to block large mining projects in Minnesota and Alaska, citing environmental concerns. Now think about that for a moment. It's sort of like Joe Biden saying, hey, don't produce meth in this country. We don't want meth produced here so that I can say our meth production is down. But we're going to open the southern border to allow meth to cross that is manufactured in Mexico. We still have more meth here. It's just not produced here. That's the same methodology he's using behind these mining blockages. One of those states that is adversely affected by the Biden decision is Minnesota, and their representative, Republican Pete Stauber, the top Republican on the Natural Resources, Energy, and Minerals Subcommittee, told the Daily Caller News Foundation in a statement, quote, Joe Biden continues to put foreign jobs over American jobs. This activist administration is pushing an energy transition which requires minerals, only he's getting the minerals from other nations and not allowing the U.S. to produce those minerals. Stauber continued, we have an abundance in the United States, including in the Duluth complex in my district in Minnesota, which alone contains 95% of America's nickel, 88% of our cobalt, and more than a third of our copper. But for political reasons, the Biden administration will not allow domestic mining. That's your president, my friends. On behalf of the American workers, Starber said, I will hold this administration accountable. Thank God the Republicans at least have the House of Representatives to count on in the coming year. This is the Truth Hurts program. Melt the volume and spice up that eggnog. It's not Santa coming to town. It's the Truth Hurts program. I used the reference to methamphetamines and other drugs coming across the southern border as the backdrop 
in that last story, but I'd like to segue and use that same issue in this next story. Josh Nelson in Fox News says the Biden administration is delusional and in a state of denial of massive groups crossing the border. According to Senator Ron Johnson, Republican of Wisconsin, Biden administration is delusional and in a state of denial for rejecting the notion that migrants are flooding the U.S. border. They are. You can simply look any day of the week at cameras showing migrants flooding across the border, but Biden and his administration are denying it. Biden was in Arizona last week. He could have gone down to the border and seen this for himself, but he chose not to because that's not important enough to him. Camel Toe Harris has been the border czar. The vice president was tasked with the responsibility of stopping the flood of illegal immigrants at our southern border. She has yet to make a visit to the southern border. Oh, she made a half-assed attempt to go to El Paso one day and have coffee and donuts at some swanky office, but she has not seen what's going on at the border. The Biden administration shut down border wall construction the first day in office and has done absolutely nothing but look the other way as, as of right now, five million illegal, criminal, law-breaking, trespassing invaders have come across our southern border and been caught and as many as another 25 million have gotten away. They know for a fact that many, many people have gotten away, not gotten caught. This past Sunday night, Fox News obtained footage showing a moment of migrant caravan crossings with more than 1,000 people coming across the border into El Paso, Texas. The U.S. Customs and Border Protection sources said Monday that the El Paso sector has seen 2,397 migrant encounters in a 24-hour period. The city of El Paso has a dashboard that reports Border Patrol in the sector currently has 5,100 migrants in custody and more and more are on the way. This comes a week after Alejandro Mayorkas responded to questions regarding the agency's mishandling of the migration crisis at the southern border. Mayorkas said, speaking at the Center for Strategic and International Studies, that work on the border crisis goes beyond immigration. He said, quote, the breadth of these agencies is far greater than the immigration portfolio. The immigration system, our laws have not been reformed for more than 40 years. The problem from administration to administration, regardless of party, is the fact that we are fundamentally working with a broken immigration system, and that is a foundational challenge with respect to the border. Hey, he's absolutely right. And Donald Trump, love him or hate him, had a solution. Build a big, beautiful wall as a deterrent. And then only funnel people seeking legitimate asylum through 12 or 13 different checkpoints along the border wall. But Joe Biden said, uh -uh. he wants those migrants here. He needs those migrants here because he's urging them to vote Democrat, to make Democratic Party the perpetual go-to lifelong party of this nation as it transitions to communism and socialism under the disguise of the Democratic Party name. Senator Johnson said GOP lawmakers have called on the Chairman of Homeland Security and the Secretary of Health and Human Services to provide answers at a hearing on the migrant crisis. Johnson said it's been averaging over 7,000 a day 
You heard Bill Malugin say it's 8,000. Now we have a whistleblower from Health and Human Services saying that the government, these agencies, know that they're basically turning these migrants over to sex traffickers. So this is a humanitarian crisis. It is a disaster. It is not good for anybody. And it has got to be fixed. Too bad Joe Biden doesn't listen. This is the Truth Hurts program. Since we're speaking ill of the Groper-in-Chief, President Gropy Joe Biden, a Biden official hid information about meetings with George Soros, Hillary Clinton, and naughty, nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi from the public. In a Fox News exclusive, Tom Satanachi says, Security and Exchange Commission Chairman Gary Gensler scrubbed mention of a meeting with former Secretary of State Hillary Rotten Clinton and key details of a meeting with billionaire Democratic donor George Soros from the public version of his calendar. And because the Biden administration does not want the truth to be out there, they wanted to be, according to the political ads that Biden ran, the most transparent administration ever, but they are definitely the most opaque. You can't see anything that they're doing unless something gets leaked, something gets ferreted out by a whistleblower. Gensler's public calendar showed that he only had a staff meeting on August 7th, 2021, while his private calendar lists a meeting with Hillary Rotten Clinton. On August 20th, 2021, his public calendar lists a meeting with George Soros, but he hid the meeting's agenda, which his private calendar shows was to discuss a forthcoming Wall Street Journal op-ed that the business magnet was planning to write. Gensler's private calendar revealed the discrepancies and that was obtained by the watchdog group Energy Policy Advocates and shared with Fox News Digital. The group was only able to obtain the internal records after having to file a FOIA lawsuit, a Freedom of Information Act lawsuit, against the Securities and Exchange Commission. In recent days, around the time Fox News Digital contacted the SEC, the agency magically updated Gensler's public calendar to include the August meeting with Clinton as recently as Wednesday, however, the public calendar still has not included meetings or archived copies from April, only listing a meeting with staff. I'm telling you folks, they're hiding the truth from us, and we're just supposed to say, well, it mustn't have been that important. An SEC spokesperson first responded to an inquiry by saying the public calendar listed the Clinton meeting. When the sent screen capture of the calendar showing Clinton's meeting was not listed, the spokesperson responded saying the agency updates calendars, quote, from time to time, unquote, when it discovers that something is missing or inaccurate. Gensler is a former Goldman Sachs executive and a former Obama administration official. He was the chief financial officer for Clinton's presidential campaign in 2016 that went down in flames, seating Donald Trump as the president. The Senate confirmed him to lead the Securities and Exchange Commission in April 2021, shortly after Gropey Joe Biden selected him for the position. Oh, it's not quite nepotism, but these people all run together in the same circles. This article goes on and on and on, but you get the gist, my friends. The Joe Biden administration is corrupt. They are hiding the truth from you. How about this truth? Gabe Kaminsky writes in the Washington Examiner, Biden's Navy splurges on luxury bidet after claiming that the Navy is having financial struggles. The gropey Joe Biden administration willingly, deliberately, and intentionally shelled out 
hundreds of dollars to provide the U.S. Navy with a luxury bidet just after following a report detailing how the Maritime Service Branch allegedly lacks resources. Now, we're not talking about billions of dollars or millions or even hundreds of thousands, but multiply this one little instance times how many times it gets away with doing this. The Navy spent $553 with the company Bio Bidet for a BB-1000 bidet seat attachment for a toilet on a fast transport ship called the USNS Yuma, according to a December 2021 requisition order first obtained by the Washington Free Beacon. Just months prior, a report found the Navy's lack of leadership and resources made it unprepared for future conflicts, should future conflicts arise. Adam Andrzejewski is the CEO of the taxpayer watchdog known as Open the Books. He told the Washington Examiner, quote, taxpayers often complain of their dollars being flushed down the toilet. Now we're paying for the Pentagon's brass to get doused by a bidet. It's a great example of the target-rich environment within the defense budget for wasteful spending. This $553 toilet seat bidet is equipped with a deodorizer, a blow dryer, a remote control, a heated seat, and numerous spray controls, including pulsating massage and turbo wash, according to the Bio Bidet brochure. The bidet has a, quote, effective enema function, unquote. It's said by the retailer Bidet King to have a rapid cult following since it comes with the absolute strongest spray pressure of any electronic bidet seat on the market. The Navy's bidet purchase came after a July report commissioned by GOP lawmakers found that 94% of sailors interviewed think the service branch Navy lacks leadership. Notably, the report found the Navy had minimal resources for maintenance or even shipbuilding. The report said, quote, perhaps the most concerning comment and consistent observation amongst interviewees was that the service, the U.S. Navy, does not promote or advance surface ship warfighting in a meaningful way. Finding and sinking enemy fleets should be the principal purpose of a Navy. But many sailors found their leadership distracted, captive to bureaucratic excess, and rewarded for the successful execution of administrative functions rather than their skills as a warfighter. This is all from the report. It remains unclear whether the bidet is actively being used aboard the Yuma. The Military Sealift Command, the group overseeing Navy ships, confirmed that the Navy does, in fact, have the BB-1000 bidet attachment. Ships like the Yuma tend to hold a crew of 26 civilian mariners, according to the Navy. Bathrooms on ships tend to be relatively basic. And a 2020 government watchdog report that included information on sewage systems and toilets on Navy ships did not mention bidets. Now we can add fancy European-style bathroom amenities to a growing list of taxpayer abuses. Hey, at least they get the enema function, right? I give up. This is the Truth Hurts Program. This holiday season, give it up for Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Yeah, I like those wonderful Christmas promos for the Truth Hurts Program. If you like what you hear on this program, please do me a favor, tell a friend. Tell a coworker, tell a family member, tell a neighbor, tell a perfect stranger that you hear mumbling and grumbling at the fuel depot, at the gas station, bitching about the high prices. 
Let them know that they can listen to the Truth Hurts program on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, total of 19 that I am aware of podcasting platforms in which the Truth Hurts program is heard. Or you can simply type in Steve Z, the Truth Hurts program, into your web browser, and you can find a myriad choices in which to listen to this program. We are here to expose the lies of the left, the Democratic Party double standards, the media disaster, and all of the things you need to hear about. And we do it every day, except the weekends. And even sometimes on the weekends, we pop in with a little edition of the Truth Hurts program for your listening pleasure. If you don't like what you hear, as I always say, who cares? Find something else to listen to. Perhaps there's a bidet channel where you can listen to the whooshing, soothing water of a bidet against your cheeks. I don't care. The Biden administration bashing continues. Joseph Choi writes in The Hill, Biden administration approves Washington state request to offer health insurance to illegal, criminal, law-breaking, invading, trespassing, undocumented immigrants. You know, illegal immigrants. The Gropey Joe administration approved an application by Washington State to expand health insurance access for all residents, regardless of their immigration status, by allowing it to forego the requirements set by the Unaffordable Care Act, better known as Obamacare. The Department of Health and Human Services and the Treasury Department approved the application for a state innovation waiver. The application for this waiver was submitted back in May. It's known as a 1332 waiver of the ACA. A state may apply for such a request if it wishes to pursue innovative strategies for providing affordable health care while still retaining the protections offered through the Obamacare. HHS Secretary may approve a request if they determine the proposal will provide coverage that is at least as comprehensive as coverage provided without the waiver, which Washington State's plan is supposedly found to do. The state of Washington, the liberal progressive Democrat hellhole, let's be nice, specifically sought to be granted an exception from part of the Affordable Care Act that excludes people living in the U.S. illegally from being eligible for their qualified health plans, which are plans certified by the federal government that meet the minimum requirements of the Obamacare program. According to the two departments, the waiver will expand access to qualified health plans, standalone qualified dental plans, and the state affordability program to Washington residents regardless of whether they are here legally or illegally. My God, more of your tax dollars being wasted on criminal, illegal trespassers. All right, enough of that. According to Fox Business, Kristen Altish writes, the Biden administration policy move will pulverize Americans' pocketbooks, according to a national security expert. This massive migrant caravan parade, not one, not three, not 12, it's a continuous train continuing to cross the U.S.-Mexico border, according to one national security expert, has signaled the border crisis will only get worse for Americans and their wallets as soon as the Biden administration drops Title 42 protections next week. Todd Bensman wrote a book, so he is an author, and the book is called Overrun. He says, quote, the numbers coming across are already being felt across the nation, in your schools, your healthcare system, by crime, every sector of the American economy and our social 
fabric. Whether the president wants to admit it or not, Americans are going to feel this in the pocketbook for a long, long time, probably permanently. Officials at the southern border are seeing massive migrant numbers down there, along with large groups planning a migrant surge ahead of the expected end of the ability to expel migrants under the Title 42 public health order here next week. Customs and Border Protection sources told Fox News that migrant numbers for fiscal year 2023, which began in October of this year, are already 485,000. They're expected to hit the half a million mark by this Friday. But yet, only 156,000 have been expelled under Title 42, and they're getting ready to stop that program. The intelligence community says that when they drop Title 42 next week on the 21st of December, we'll be looking at anywhere from 12,000 to 18,000 illegal crossings per day. That is an absolute Cat 5 hurricane that we've never experienced before in the U.S. and that this new army will be needed to address migrant gotaways and the related crimes aside from the crime of invading a nation. Thus far, the number of illegal immigrants who have crossed the border under Gropey Joe Biden's watch has cost American taxpayers more than $20 billion in each of the two years that Joe Biden has been running this country into the toilet. This figure of $20 billion per year comes from the Federation for American Immigration Reform. You're going to need a new army to chase down and deport those with lawful removal orders on them. The current staffing levels of ICE, the Enforcement and Removal Operations Division, is far below what is going to be necessary. There's a double-barreled shotgun aimed at the whole thing right now where you have Congress, a lame duck Congress, talking about amnesties and all of these new benefits. The entire world is watching every single word coming out of their mouths right now. Smart people making rational decisions about laying their $10,000 smuggling money down to enter the country, knowing they're going to get here with all of the benefits Biden is giving away. Tesla CEO Elon Musk chimed in on the border crisis on Monday, responding to Fox News' Bill Malugin's Twitter footage showing a migrant caravan of over a thousand people illegally entering into El Paso on Texas in one evening. Elon Musk's one-word response was, Wow. It's a mess, my friends, and Joe Biden is leading the shit show. Hey, remember that queer bait, whatever, I don't even know what to call it. That nuclear waste guru that I described as being a guy with a shaved head, red lipstick, and a dress who was credibly accused of caught stealing luggage, women's luggage, and their clothing at an airport? Well, he's out. He's been fired because they found out that wasn't the first time he went to an airport and stole someone's luggage. It's happened multiple times. Good riddance to bad rubbish, I say. A story like that doesn't deserve any more than the 40 or 50 seconds I devoted to it, so let's move on. Newsweek's Daraj Roche writes, President Joe Biden is facing a potential tidal wave of people not wanting him to run for the White House again in 2024. According to a new poll conducted on behalf of Newsweek, the Redfield and Wilton Strategies poll found that 58% of eligible voters do not believe Joe Biden should run again for president in 2024, 
42% of them cite his age as the most significant reason. Only 30% said Biden should seek re-election in two years. 12% responded they didn't know in the poll conducted December 5th amongst 1,500 eligible voters. Biden turned 80 on November 20th, and he became the very first 80-plus-year-old to ever be the President of the United States. He's the oldest candidate ever elected president, and he'll be 81 at the time of the next presidential election. But his age is not the only reason that voters cited. It did, of course, enjoy a substantial lead over other issues, including Biden's economic policies at 16%, strength of other political Democratic candidates at 7%, and the midterm results at 1%. Biden has yet to make any formal announcement of a 2024 campaign, but he's previously indicated that he intends to run and that Vice President Kamel Harris will again be his running mate. 58% do not want him to run again. Let's contrast this with former President Donald Trump, who announced his campaign following the midterm elections. The Redfield and Wilton Strategies poll found that only 49% of eligible voters do not want Trump to run again in 2024. 39% said they do want him to run, and 11% said they don't know. 39% of those who opposed another Trump run cited his response to the 2020 presidential election as the most significant reason. Trump continues to claim, and most people think properly so, that the last presidential election was stolen through mass voter fraud and irregularities. When you read these articles, though, they write the sentence, Trump has continued to falsely claim. You know, a claim is a claim. There's evidence out there to support the claim. So it is very improper for a news agency to insert the word falsely. 10% cited Trump's ability to provoke heated opposition from Democrats as the reason to not have him run. For me, that's the reason to run. Opposition to Democrats' piss-poor running of our nation. Any way you look at it, most Americans, it appears, don't want Trump or Biden to run again. Trump is stubborn. He probably will continue to run. Biden is so old, he can't figure out how to get off of a stage. We've seen that multiple times during his presidency. And it happened again as Biden was directed off stage by a child this time after Mr. Biden delivered remarks at a Toys for Tots event. Biden leaves the podium and he has to be directed off stage by a child pointing which way he is to walk. Biden stood there looking totally confused and then a little girl in a blue dress with flowers on it had to direct the president as to which way to go off of the stage I'll read this report Pat Hoff wrote in Fox News. President Joe Biden was led off stage by a young girl after delivering a speech at a Toys for Tots event with the U.S. Marine Corps Reserve in Arlington, Virginia. And she was just about the right age for Joe Biden, who loves to put his hands on little girls. He likes to feel their shoulders and their necks. I guess he's just hoping he could run his feeble fingers down their little bare, flat chests. But he was happy just having this little girl touch him. Which way do we go, Biden asked a young girl as she ended up taking his hand, pointing towards a table full of toys, and then led him in the right direction. The event took place at Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall and marked the 75th anniversary of Toys for Tots, the military charity organization that distributes donated toys to children whose parents are unable to afford Christmas gifts. The Marines deliver about 18 million toys to 7 million needy children each year in a nation where supposedly 11 million children live below the federal poverty line. 
I thought it was kind of funny to see, though. These two children in the photo were white children, and usually white children don't get the benefit of having Toys for Tots given to them. Biden then praised the young girl. She actually spoke at the event. She is the daughter of a military member, and her name was Samara Donahue. Pedophile Pete, as he is called by his own son, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden said, quote, When I was that age, cars say my name public. Actually, I used to stutter when I was a little boy until I was in high school. It was the only thing everybody... Anyway, anyway, you're very impressive. Huh? Biden turned 80 in November and struggles with stage direction just about every time he speaks. He was led away by his staff as he appeared to wander in the wrong direction after a speech in October at a FEMA event responding to Hurricane Ian. Back in April, the president tried to shake hands with thin air after a speech on the economy in North Carolina. My friends, Joe Biden is an absolute wreck, a train wreck. Does not deserve to be president, never did. Plagiarizer, liar, complete buffoon. And yet, people still want to praise this clown. We have run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program, devoting it solely to the disaster of Joe Biden. I'm going to pop right back in with another edition shortly with some other non-Biden-related issues. Go out there and have a terrific Tuesday, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye for now. And thank you very much to Jason Shaw and Audionautics for this Christmas background music. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre recorded. Mm-hmm.